Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. This is Charles W. Chuck Bryant, waiting his whistle. That's right. Uh, and uh, the Stuff You Should Know. This is the podcast. Yeah, which is off to a terrible start yet again. <laughs> That's, what, 450 consecutive bad starts? No, we haven't hit 400 <laughs> yet. Yeah. No. What, bad starts or just shows? Oh, okay, maybe bad starts, yeah. yeah. Shows, we're coming up on it. Got to be close to 450, right? No, coming up on 400, I think. Oh, I thought we were over that. No, not yet. Yeesh. No, we would mention our 400th show. My goal is for us to make it to 500. And then after that... All bets are off. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right, Brian. So, uh, what's your? I, I think I might know what your intro is, but that would be a wild stab in the dark. I'd like to hear it because I don't have an intro. Oh, really? Yeah. What's my intro? Well, I got one then. Okay. The origin of the word sidekick. You ever heard this? What does that have to do with pickpockets? I'll tell you, my friend. Okay. Back in the old days in London, which is. Uh, you know, obviously Oliver Twist made pickpocketing very famous uh-huh. well, in yeah. London. Charles Dickens did. Well, yeah. His character. Uh, they had different, their own language, it was, we'll find out, is pickpockets have their own language, period. All sorts of lingo. Like multiple names for everything. Right. Uh, and back in the day, they each pocket had its own name. The Jerv, J-E-R-V-E? Sure. Or the Hervé. <laughs> was uh, the vest pocket, uh, and the kick, oh, I'm sorry, the Pratt was the back pocket, and the kick was the side pocket. And uh, the kick was the most difficult spot to, to pickpocket because it was on the leg and it was always moving. Mm-hmm. And so people soon realized that that was the safest place to put their stuff was mm-hmm. in the sidekick. And so the sidekick, years later, becomes a term for, you know, someone helpful and maybe protective. Tonto. Like Tonto. So that's your sidekick. Huh. That's that's your first intro. Is it really? I believe it is. Jeez, I would have picked a better one. That's fa- no, that's fantastic. It's not bad. That one's going to go down in uh, stuff you should know lore. As the sidekick. And that was my first... Uh, <laughs> not the sidekick. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Fairly appropriate. Do you remember when we used to argue about that? About whether you were or not? Would we settle on? That you're not. Okay. <laughs> but I know where it originates. From Oliver Twist. No, from the sidekick. Well, what's funny is there's a lot of um, stuff that has to do with pickpocketing, Chuck, that did originate for from Oliver Twist. Oh, really? Yeah, like you were talking about, like um, pickpocketing has a, its own lingo, like you said. Big time. Um, and it's kind of storied and almost legendary. And if you dial the clock back a few decades, like it was um, kind of looked upon the way that maybe today people look upon um, pirates. You know what I'm saying? Like they're yeah. criminals. Sure. Uh, but they're, there's so much art to what they're doing. Yeah. Maybe like somebody who could steal a painting from a museum. Right. That you have to at least grudgingly respect them. Well, and we'll talk to, uh, we'll not talk to, we'll talk about some people who have <laughs> studied this. Yeah, I wish someone was here. Is that what this guy's doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's lifting your wallet. Um, in this article you found from Slate, they, there were some experts on, you know, pickpocketing and they they definitely think of it as an art a yeah. lost art Spe- specifically i want to mention the guy's name bob arno whose job it is to travel the world and pose as a mark as a dumb target. tourist yeah 
and then f- catch people and figure out what they're doing. Interesting. To keep abreast of it. Yeah. So, um, Chuck, let's talk a little bit about the, the basics of pickpocketing, right? Yes. Which will, I think, kind of give us a better view of why people think that it's an art form. Sure. Um, there's, you've got a few different kinds of people involved. Like there's, uh, the low level pickpockets who are really just basically somebody who has, uh, a moral compass that's off. Yeah. And, um, a, an open bag next to him. Yeah. The opportunist. Right. Like, hey, there's a, a co-ed studying Econ 101 on the lawn, and she's got her iPad sticking out of her open backpack right next to her. Right, which she has her headphones jacked into and turned up all the way and is not paying attention because she's been drinking. <laughs> well, if the headphones are on her attached to the iPad, then right. there'd be a dead giveaway. Oh, the person's grabbing the iPad? Well, sure. Oh, I thought you meant like there was a purse next to her that was open. Yeah, and the iPad's in there. She's not studying with the iPad. Oh, gotcha. Those are only for Netflix and That's what I thought she was doing. <laughs> She's studying. <laughs> right. Maybe we're talking about a different person. Which one? I think we've just convoluted the easiest mark that there is. Right, okay. Which is the unassuming college student. Right, or you're at like a coffee place or something like that, and there's yeah. somebody next to you, and it's the kind of place where you would expect somebody's going to be next to you, and you're not really paying attention. You're involved in your computer, and their hand's in your bag. Sure. Grabbing your wallet or whatever. Or your sleep on the beach. Right. Very common one. Yeah, that one stinks. Because you want to be able to sleep on the beach. Heck yeah, man. If you have your bag open next Uh to you and your wallet sitting in it at a coffee house and you're not paying attention to it, you got what you deserved if somebody steals it from you. I mean, it stinks that there are people out there stealing in general and that you can't just go through life like that. But we all know full well that you can't go through life like that. And if you do, then you have no right to complain. You can't even cancel all of your credit cards. You have to leave one of your credit cards open because- punishment? Yes, as punishment to yourself. (laughs) Uh, Well, we we actually skipped to why people pickpocket to begin with. It's mainly because it's pretty non-confrontational crime and you're never known or confronted and you're not like holding a gun, so there's no- uh, Although we did find out it's a felony in a lot of states, mm-hmm. even just uh, non-weapon involved pickpocketing. Yeah, but it wasn't. That's pretty new. Is it? Yeah, for a very long time, it was like if you picked somebody's pocket, you got very. It, it was a, a, a small sentence. You had to return the money and apologize. Pretty much. Yeah. But yeah, the cop brought you over by your ear. <laughs> exactly. But um, for the most part, like you said, it's non-confrontational. So the person who loses his or her wallet uh, to a pickpocket. Will probably have no idea who took it. Yeah. Won't know for a long time. Um, and it's fairly safe. If you're good at it, it's safe crime. Yeah. Plus, there's no weapons involved, which is why the um, sentences were sure. traditionally not very uh, big. It's almost victimless, except for the victim. <laughs> you know? Well, it depends. I mean, if you're touring Europe and you have everything, including your passport and your wallet... Sure. In your back pocket, and all of it's taken. That is, there's a victim in that one. Yeah, there's I knew a victim in all of them. I knew a girl who had her uh, sunglasses ripped off her face in Rome, Italy. Okay, that's not artful. Snatch, uh, a guy on a Vespa. Snatch guys. Yeah, that's not artful. You're snatch just a grab. jerk. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> there was a at the Starbucks by uh, my old place. There was a rash of kids just running in and stealing. Um, people's iPhones right off the table and running out. Yeah, or out of their hand. Or stealing the computer that they were working on, the laptop, and running out the door. 
That's not pickpocketing. No. And there's a guy who has a coffee place in um, uh, Grant Park. That his There was just a robbery and everybody was robbed um, in that manner. Like people just ran in and stole and ran out. Um, so the guy's getting locks for the table so you can slide your laptop in and lock it in place. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's sad that you have to do that. I agree. Jerks. All right. So where are we? Crowded subway? Yes, this is the um, slightly higher in the hierarchy of pickpockets. Maybe a sound effect here? Hmm? Well, how about this, Chuck? <laughs> One of the things I think that um, kind of gets the point across when you're describing uh, pickpocketing sure. is saying, when you're talking about a scam, saying the old first. Okay. Right? And having maybe like old-timey ragtime saloon music <laughs> playing in the background while you're describing it. So go ahead with that. Jerry's like, oh, God. <laughs> On the fly. Um, crowded subway car, which is called the old sandwich. You got it. Or sandwich, yeah. for those of you who are a little more proper. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, a lot of times these pickpockets work in teams because you're counting on the yeah, benefit of distraction. Yes. So tell them how the old sandwich works. Well, uh, the sandwiches say uh, you've got a person in front who's called the stall, and the stall suddenly maybe stops short. Um, yeah. And and the person, the target, bumps into him. Mm-hmm. The mark. Yeah. And then the hook or the pick. Or the wire. Okay. Yeah. Um, bumps into him. It's expected that somebody behind you would bump into you. Because it's the jerk's fault in front of you. Right. So you're paying attention to the jerk in front of you while the guy behind you, you turn around and apologize to. And after, you know, by that time, the guy's already stolen your wallet. So the person in front of you ends up stealing it? No. The, the, person, the person in front of you me. is the stall. Okay. Who you're like, why'd you stop? And at, while you're stopped, the guy who bumped in behind you, the hook, has right. stolen your wallet. I thought while well, they turned around and said, boy, I'm sorry for this jerk in front of me, they might have been stealing it. I, I guarantee you that's a variation on it. That's called the the sandwich the, wrap. The... <laughs> The low carb wrap, right, Chuck? There's also um, so the people who who do the sandwich work in teams. Yeah, um, the team is actually called a cannon. Yeah, so it's a group of organized pickpockets, like Oliver Twist and his buddies. Exactly, led appropriately enough then by a Fagin, which is an old hook, an old pick, an old master pickpocket mm-hmm. who um, is named after um, the crime boss and Oliver Twist, right? Fagin, yeah. Um, and the Fagin teaches younger pickpockets the ropes yeah. and absorbs them uh-huh. into the cannon over time. What was that movie that they mentioned? Oliver Twist. Well, no, that was another. Uh, oh, uh, Harry recent. in Your Pocket, I think. Yeah. Is what it was called? I haven't seen it, but it's a either. James Coburn movie from 73. You got no. I believe that I will be yeah, seeing it. Yeah, me too. You got no, uh, no complaints there. So a cannon is probably going to be the people who are really good at what they're doing because sure. there's a, an old venerable guy leading the whole thing. Then you go down like a couple of notches. You've got um, uh, bag workers who like go for purses, right? Yeah, mole buzzers, or uh, I guess that'd probably be the English version. Yeah, but, well, they're that, that takes some skill. Oh yeah, um, because you're getting close to somebody, right? Um, lush workers not that that hard on the subway. A lush worker would just target somebody who was coming home drunk on the subway, <laughs> and they just, I guess. Open up their vest and take their wallet out and close their vest and smack the guy in the face with the wallet and then wait for the subway to arrive at its stop. Yeah, not very hard. No. So they were viewed um, uh, kind of lower levelly. Sure. But did you read about the fob workers? 
Yeah, that was, uh, and it's hard to say respect again because these are criminals, but the fob worker really puts in his or her time. Right, so like um, this person just uses nothing but his index finger and his middle finger. Boom. Yeah, um, and just walks through a subway on a, on a ride and just grabs like a couple of quarters, a dollar, whatever's yeah. easy to grab. Crazy. And apparently this one guy estimated, um, I think he was an old subway dick, um, he estimated that uh, fob workers could get like 400 bucks out of a single subway ride. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, that's probably from like Wall Street to Coney Island. Sure. But this is like the 80s. Yeah, true. So 1980s. Exactly. You know, not even 1880s. Right. Uh, well, I saw where one guy actually went to class in the 1960s. I don't know if it was in this article or another one. Okay. But uh, paid a, a Fagan to teach him the art of pickpocketing. That was probably in that popular science article from the 60s. Oh, this, maybe. The Slate article reference. Oh, I know what it was. It was from the New York Times, but it was an archived uh, edition. Nice. Yeah. So what did he learn? How to pickpocket. Right. Did he write about it, or did he say, like, I, no. I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you? Well, the article was just on uh, the lingo, really. Yeah. And then it sourced the, the source of where the guy got the lingo from, and it was this dude that said he went to school. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have? Child Children, sadly, in a lot of countries will well, pickpocket yeah. you. Remember um, the human trafficking episode? We talked yeah. about children being forced to beg. Sure. I guarantee that there are some out there that are forced to pickpocket. Well, distracting, once again, working in pairs, uh, look at my shiny toy, or while they're begging you, the other kid will come up and, you know, reach the little tiny hand in the pocket. The old tiny hand. The old tiny hand trick. Um, This one was my favorite, Chuck. Uh, Apparently, it's fairly common to throw bird droppings on somebody, surreptitiously, then offer to help clean it off. That is, I read this because I didn't believe that, and I saw people on TripAdvisor who... It's not bird droppings. It's like fake bird droppings. Oh, okay. And they'll sling it on people. And then they come up and go, oh, God, I can't believe that happened. Are you okay? Like, here's a towel. You know, it's crazy. It just dawned on me. Um, you, me, and I were in New York once. I think it was when we were on the Whatever Show, that uh-huh. trip. Um, when you and I were on the Whatever Show. Yeah. And um, we were standing in line at the Shake Shack. Is that the name of the place? I don't know. It's in... Um, one of the parks. What is it? Oh, oh, sure. Bryant I, Park? I can't remember. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Okay. So um, I think it is a Shake Shack. Anyway, um, we were standing in line, and this guy got bird droppings. It fell right around him in a circle. didn't hit him. And it, it made no sense physically how that happened. Oh. And now I wonder if somebody was trying to pick his pocket and failed, or else if they did and just distracted him and didn't offer to help clean it off. Well, the other trick I saw similar to this could have happened there, too, because uh, apparently ketchup and mustard, they'll squirt that on you in a food line mm. and then say, oh, you know, I got ketchup on you. Here, let me wipe that off. And while I do, let me take your wallet. That's called the old mustard trick. Yeah. <laughs> they'll stage a fight, maybe? Yeah, a couple of different guys will stage a fight. And while you're distracted, a third guy will come around and pick everybody's pockets. Basically, if something suddenly happens out of the ordinary in... Um, public, you want to cover up your valuables, but you want to be smart when you do that because sometimes that is a ploy in and of itself. You think yeah. you're one step ahead of the pickpocket? Sure. No. What's Tell them, Chuck. Well, sometimes you'll be on that crowded subway and someone will say, hey, somebody just took my wallet. 
So, of course, the instinct for everyone around that person is to pat their pocket mm-hmm. where their money or wallet is. And, of course, the other pickpocket on the train is going, okay, left front pocket. Exactly. Sidekick. Vevre, Chevre, Jevre, what is it? Hervé Tis. Hervé, whoever has the vest pocket, which would be in Brooklyn, I guess. Yeah. Little hipsters with vests. Sure. And uh, boom, done. You yeah. just told them where your money was. And um, I think an even funnier way is when somebody warns you to look out for pickpockets as a way to get you to like pat where your wallet is. Really? Yeah. Which like, is just a pickpocket telling you to look out for pickpockets so you'll right. show them where your wallet is. It's beautiful. Uh, Josh, you said anything unusual happening to you. For instance, if a very attractive woman came up to me hitting on me, that mm-hmm. would be very unusual. I would <laughs> probably know to feel around for my wallet because men can be dummies. When it comes to the charms of an attractive woman, yeah, you know the way to uh, the way to get around that one. How's that? Morals. Have morals. Yeah. What do you mean? Just be like, madam, I'm afraid I'm taken. Oh well, if you're taken, but if you're not, you're like, hey. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. I wasn't saying me, obviously. Single. You did chuck. say you years ago. Oh, gotcha. Single chuck. Uh, on the beach uh, or compassion. If they're on the beach, you might have someone pretend they're drowning. <laughs> like everyone rushes out there, and then all of a sudden you have blankets full of uh, purses yeah. and beach bags. Yeah. Or you might drop some change on the floor. You're like, ugh, I'm so dumb. Or your shopping bag. Somebody might drop their shopping bag, and as a nice person, right. you're going to help them up. So the it's good on one hand to have morals if you're in a committed relationship. It's bad <laughs> on the other hand to have morals if you help people pick their bags up. Yeah, true. It's a, it's a strange world we live in, Chuck. It is. Um, you also uh, probably can't pick a pickpocket out in a crowd. Uh, apparently, one of the longstanding traditions is um, to dress very well. Sure. Uh, like a wealthy business person, or at least a business person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in this economy, right? Yeah, exactly. Um and, uh, or a or, tourist. Yeah, that's a good one. Sure. Walk around with a map and a camera around your neck. Mm-hmm. And they'll also um, frequently have things to hide their hands, whether it's a newspaper, right. a coat folded over their hands, or a baby, a live human baby. Oh. Uh, you mentioned uh, when you would tell them inadvertently where your money was located, sometimes they will just uh, they'll call it the stroke or the fan, or <laughs> the old stroke, and that's when they will... Kind of pre-pickpocket you and just sort of feel around where your wallet might be bulging from. Yeah. To set you up for a soon-to-be picked pocket. Right. So how do you how do you get around this? Carry a gun and shoot people that get too close. Yeah, that's one way. Um, <laughs> I, I think the uh, that's the Bernard Getz way. Yeah. Um, I the Charles think- Brunson way. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. Sure. From, on behalf of everyone <laughs> listening to this episode, thanks, Chuck. No problem. Um, the the basically the best way to prevent pickpocketing is to be aware. You know, sure. Like I said, if anything unusual happens out in public, just you need to be aware. You should be aware anyway. Uh, if you look like you're confident of of where you are, um, even if you're a tourist, if you look like you are aware of your surroundings. They're probably going to pass you over for Ned from Wichita Falls, who has like um, uh, sunscreen on his nose and like right. a fisherman's cap. And, yeah. Oh, and 
f- whether you're trying to prevent pickpocketing or just in general, you should never, ever wear socks with sandals. <laughs> yeah, that's a dead giveaway. Yeah. You're an instant mark if yeah. you got that look going For all on. sorts of crime. <laughs> that's right. Uh, if you're traveling in other countries, and other countries is where it's likely going to happen, because we'll discuss here in a minute how it's not as big of a problem here in the U.S. anymore. Yeah, e.g. Canada. That's right. But in uh, really all over the world, except for North America, or at least United States and Canada, it's mm-hmm. still a big problem. So you don't want to carry your wallet in your back pocket like a big dummy. Right. Uh, front pocket is safer. Uh, money belt is even safer than that. Money belt under your clothes. I'm wearing one right now. Are you really? Mm-hmm. I did when I traveled through Europe. Did you really? Yeah. I just can't bring myself to. They're just, they're so stupid looking. No, they are. When you go to pay for something and you got to like reach down in there. Right. And it's like flesh colored, like what they're trying to make it look like. Yeah. Your credit card's just levitating <laughs> against your stomach. But, uh. I did because I was all paranoid about all this stuff when no, I went to Europe. It's the smart thing to do. And little did I realize that me and my buddy were, you know, fairly tough-looking dudes walking around, and probably not uh, easy marks, or at least there were lots more around us that were way easier than us. Yeah. And my my friend Chappie too. I remember at the time said, <laughs> "I almost want someone to try and pickpocket me." He'd be like a Hannibal Lecter. In, yeah. In Hannibal, he would like chase them down and beat them down into the ground and. That would, that would be all over for that pickpocketer. Hannibal Lecter didn't do that, but he did stab a gypsy to death <laughs> for pickpocketing him. Uh, fanny packs, don't do it. Cause Again, those are a number of reasons. <laughs> yeah, those are easily unzipped, especially if they're around, turned around to the back. Um, Which you would do to look cool. Oh, yeah, on the <laughs> rear. Um, I locked my zippers together, yeah. like in my backpack, with the little, uh, the little tiny lock. Padlock. Yeah, but that helps, but it's, uh, they can still, I've heard about people like cutting into a backpack even. Man. Yeah. You gotta have some quick hands to do that. And some cojones. Yeah. Um, they recommend to carry a dummy wallet. I, I've I, heard this. I, I've never heard that. Yeah. Does it full up with like cards that say like, Sucker, you didn't get my wallet. If you want to go to that trouble, you could. I think I would. If you look around and pay attention to like your junk mail and your normal life, you're going to find things that look like fake credit cards and fake money Yeah, that you can stuff your dummy wallet with. <laughs> the thing is, it's like, I, I mean, I, I, that's kind of outwitting these pickpockets, which is kind of fun in and of itself. Yeah, but absolutely. At the same time, it seems like it's going to a lot of trouble just to... Let them steal something. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's still your wallet, even if it's a dummy wallet. Like, it's an actual wallet. Yeah, that's true. It's just filled with fake stuff. So you're saying don't let it happen at all. Yeah. Dummy wallet or smart wallet. Yeah, but I mean, dummy wallet's the way to go. That's true. Uh, If you're traveling, you want to, you know, as always, they'll remind you to keep a list of everything you have, including your credit card numbers. Don't put everything in one place. Uh, have a friend at home have access to all your uh, documents so they can send them to you in case it does get nicked, you know, that kind of thing. Just, I call it common sense traveling. That's great. Great advice, Chuck. Yeah. Um, I, in my suitcase, Chuck, keep uh, copies, photocopies. Because mm-hmm. you can't call them Xerox because that's copyright infringement. That's right. Uh, it, it, they, uh, like my passport, like basically everything I have photocopies of. And you keep it, like, I keep it in the lining, the liner of the suitcase. Well, everyone's going to know this now. 
when they see you traveling. Man, I shouldn't have said something. <laughs> but it's good. It's a good idea to keep them at the hotel. Sure. Keep them at home. Yeah. Uh, so that you can call a trusted friend who's watching your dog or whatever, and say, "Hey, man, th- not only was my real passport stolen, my photocopies were stolen out of the hotel. <laughs> can you give me my passport number?" And that will help. Yeah, and don't carry things like your social security card and stuff like that. Yeah. I actually used to carry my social security card back in the day. Like a big dummy. Really? Yeah, when I was like 16, I thought it meant I was important or something. <laughs> you know? Take this. <laughs> exactly. Do you take Social Security cards as credit? <laughs> Just knock it off my bill. <laughs> uh, so on to the Slate.com article. I think I think we've arrived there. It's one of my favorite websites. That's a good one. It is. So who, who wrote this? Uh, Joe Keohane. He's Hawaiian, <laughs> I'll bet. I bet he is. Keohane. And when was this? This was this year, huh? Uh, it or was last uh, year? February of last year. So this is current and up to date. Yeah. It is a dying art and a dying crime in the U.S. Yeah, and why? I mean, where's pickpocketing going? Why is it vanishing if, if you know, you can make some money off of it? Well, a bunch of reasons. They list. Um, crime as a whole has fallen since the 90s. Yeah. Uh, people don't carry as much cash. Yeah. It's harder to rip people off with credit cards and debit cards because, you know, there, there's more security involved with those. Yep. Uh, I would say closed uh, circuit cameras everywhere might dissuade some guys from doing this. Yep. What else? Well, you know, we talked about the penalties traditionally being fairly small. Sure. But in some cases, in some states, um, they have raised it to where it's the same as armed robbery, basically. Wow. So it can be a felony. Yeah. And um, suddenly you're not just looking at, you know, three months in the pokey, which anybody can do standing on their head. You're looking at like five years for pickpocketing. It's going to yeah. make you rethink your, your trade. Yeah. Let's and it has bucks. in a lot of ways. Sure. Also, apparently Fagans are dying out. And the new generation basically is being blamed for the loss of the art of pickpocketing. Yeah, I, I thought that was pretty funny. Basically, they said these kids these days just don't have the patience to learn pickpocketing, so it's easier just to get a gun. Yeah. Uh, well, not even just patience. They're less they're not as fearful of confrontation again. Yeah, true. Thanks to the gun. Yeah. Kids are all stupid stick-up men these days. There's no finesse <laughs> to it. There's not. Uh the New York Times in 2001 they had a a, a stat um, in 1990, there were tw- about 23,000 reported pickpocketing, uh, pickpocketing crimes. Mm-hmm. About five years later, that uh, number had fallen by half. And then by the year 2000, there were less than 5,000. And sadly, today, they do not even track it. No, it's so low. Statistically. Yeah. That's good. We yeah, should be rejoicing uh, in this. That's Giuliani's work. Yeah. He helped a lot yeah. with the crime thing. Yeah. Well, Times Square in and of itself changed entirely. Have you ever seen Basket Case? Uh, Where the guy carries no. his mutant brother around in the basket and like his brother like, goes it. on a killing rampage? What? It, what? It, he stays in Times Square. Oh, yeah. And I'd never been to Times Square until like way after yeah. the crossover, I guess is what you'd call it, to where it's now very family friendly and safe. And I was like, that's what Times Square used to look like? Holy cow. It looks yeah. like Detroit. Yeah, I was uh, in New Jersey when it was crossing over. So when I first started going to New York, it was um, there were still like peep shows and mm-hmm. other businesses that I won't mention on the podcast, and it was just starting like the first uh, 
family like theme restaurant went in while I was living up there. I wonder how many tax breaks that family theme restaurant got. Oh yeah, just going sure in there, huge. giving it a shot, you know. Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but I remember thinking at the time, oh, Times Square, look at it, they're cleaning it up. Yeah. Sadly. Yep. No more brown bagging it. No. What does that mean? Walking around drinking beer out of a brown bag. Oh, gotcha. Picking pockets. I thought it meant bringing you lunch from home. Uh, yeah, or lunch pailing it. Okay. Um, Chuck, there is one place where the art of pickpocketing was revived recently, say around 2007. Where's that? Europe as a whole still is rampant with pickpocketing, um, thanks to the, apparently, according to the Slate article, um, the entrance of Romania and Bulgaria, two places with legendary pickpockets. Oh, into the um, EU? Into the EU. So now people from Rom- Romania and Bulgaria can travel around Europe much more easily huh. and pickpockets wherever they stop. Interesting. Yeah. Well, good for them. I don't know about that, but <laughs> that's uh, pickpocketing. That's how uh, flesh-colored money belts work. That's right. I own one. You got anything else? No. Well, if you want to see some um, late 90s staff members of How Stuff Works posing in photos. Is that who that was? To demonstrate. Mm-hmm. I was trying to see. One of them I... is a How To Stuff's Catherine Neer. I think she's ah. the mark in, in the photos. Interesting. Um, you can write, you can type pickpocketing in the uh, search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. And since I said search bar, it's time for listener mail. Josh, I picked this one out especially for this one because it involves kleptomania. Oh, okay. And I know that's an old show, but this was uh, pretty fascinating, I thought. Okay. And this is from Anonymous. All right. And it's a girl. Okay. Uh, you... Huh? Oh, you know who it is. Well, sure. Okay. I'm not going to read it, though, because she's a criminal. Gotcha. Uh, I recently listened to your podcast on kleptomania, and I have to thank you for giving a name to the disorder that has plagued me for the past four years. I guess she didn't know. She had never heard of it. Um, I first started to steal when I was 15. I was at a pizza hut with my family and felt a very troubling, consuming urge to steal the silverware. After secretly putting the knife and fork in my purse, I felt relieved and a little guilty. Uh, That day was the start of a theft rampage. I've stolen silverware, especially spoons, from every restaurant I've ever been to and even one that I worked at. Uh, Right now, I have a collection of hundreds of sets of silverware. (laughs) At one time, I even began to label them with the restaurant's name and the date that it was stolen, but that became too much work. <laughs> That's like the pickpocket in the Tintin movie. Oh, really? He has like all of the wallets he's stolen like labeled with the date and all that. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so like you said in your podcast, I keep this hidden and I felt tremendous tension and guilt over the years for it, but never once mentioned it to my therapist. I'm in therapy for depression and, depression and anxiety which I learned is actually comorbid with kleptomania. Yeah, the therapist's going to be like, why didn't you tell me this years ago? (laughs) Exactly. I could have cured you already. (laughs) I felt that I must apologize to the businesses. I feel that I must apologize to the businesses in and around Kalamazoo, Michigan. So if you're a business in Kalamazoo, Michigan, a restaurant, and you're missing spoons, it's this lady's fault. Chuck can tell you who it is. I could. Um, However, I'm making a change today. Your podcast and my guilty conscience has inspired me to tell my therapist and hopefully be free of this nasty habit. I emailed her. I was like, hey, can I read this on the air? She went, sure, that's awesome. (laughs) Nice. Kalamazoo, Michigan. Anonymous from Kalamazoo. Yes. Very nice. um, 
Congratulations on turning over a new leaf. Yeah, just tell your shrink about it. He'll probably be very fascinated. And if anyone out there has not heard the How Kleptomania Works episode, it's pretty good. I magically transformed Chuck into a tube of lipstick. That's right. Yeah. Do you remember that? Uh Uh-huh. You were great. If you have a uh, revelation about yourself or you're turning over a new leaf, whether it's for the new year or not, it seems appropriate that you tell us about it. You know, we're your old pals, Josh and Chuck. Um, you can tweet to us, which uh, our Twitter handle is SYSK Podcast. You can put it on Facebook. Um, that's facebook.com slash stuff you should know. Those two are much less private than just sending us a regular old-fashioned email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. To learn more about the podcast, click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?